The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be one of my friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. It's not just a reopening. It's a reopening in a country that is flush with cash. On a day where the Dow slipped 267 points, S&P shed 0.85%, and the NASDAQ, well, it only went down 0.56%. The house of pain. You gotta remember that shopping is America's national pastimes. Never changed, even during the pandemic. And we've gotta focus on that on an otherwise nasty day or else we'll lose sight of how to make money here. You see, you just can't stop an American consumer. A pandemic can't stop an American consumer, especially one with a clean balance sheet and a desperate hankering to leave the house. Yet, after over a year of house arrest, we're finally scot-free. But Wall Street doesn't get it. They don't get it because money, most money managers are incredibly out of touch with the everyday American. We keep getting tremendous retail numbers, yet these multi-billion dollar managers can't figure out what's going on. For example, they can't imagine that people would be eager to go to Walmart, even though that's the first destination for hundreds of millions of shoppers. However, if these money managers ever bothered to visit a Walmart, they would know that we're seeing a massive amount of spending on groceries, apparel, and leisure items at these clean, bright stores, well-supplied and well-kept. Walmart did well on hard lines. They did well on seasonals. It's the place where people go when they've got some money, but they don't want to break the bank. Most Wall Street guys can't get their head around this because the industry's full of of just terrible snobs. They would rather be caught dead than in a Walmart. Just as important, unlike most retailers we've heard from its earnings season, there was no belly aching from Walmart about its supply chain or rising costs that they can't pass on to the consumer. Hey, Walmart's got tremendous scale. This is when it matters. It immunizes them against many of these problems. Now, I know the stock of Home Depot got hit today because while it reported some amazing same-store sales numbers, there were too many analysts who didn't like what's called the cadence of the quarter. The way it went from month to month, Imagine also let slip that May isn't a little weaker than the previous months. Ooh, that's bad. May is a big gardening month. So 
it didn't seem to matter that the same store sales were up 31 percent, a staggering number. Of course, that number was considered somewhat inflated because of the ridiculous escalation in the price of lumber, which has since begun to come down. Listen, I get it. Today, we got a weaker than expected housing starts number down 9.5%. That ruined the housing narrative. Paint was weaker, too, according to Home Depot. But I don't think that reflects genuine weakness in the consumer. I just think we're seeing an important pivot from people spending their money on remodeling to people spending their money on everything else. We also got some numbers from Macy's. The same store sales were good, but the real focus for me was the best performing segment. Luggage. Yeah. Luggage. Americans are going places again. They're also buying jewelry and watches and perfume. Now, you can focus on the stocks or the stores themselves. I think Walmart down 10 points from its highs is a gift for you. I suspect the analysts who, again, are not drawn to Walmart maybe didn't realize how important the millions of vaccines offered there would be to luring in shoppers. I expect many upgrades in the next coming days. Listen, you underestimate Walmart at your own peril. Two weeks ago, I went to my local Walmart for a fishing pole, and I came back with jackets, hats, boots that were so good and so cheap that I couldn't believe my eyes. You know what it was like shopping in Walmart? It was like going to a foreign country with an incredibly weak currency and just walking aisle to aisle to your carts filled, and then you get to pay with powerful greenbacks at the register. On top of that, for weeks on end, we've heard that Walmart's e-commerce division was doing poorly. Turns out that was dead wrong. Walmart proved today that there's room enough for both Bentonville and Amazon. How else can you play this resurgence? Have luggage will travel. I've got three ideas for this one. Norwegian Cruise Lines, yes, which finally got the CDC to check off on cruising. That pent-up demand here is enormous, and the stock's still way down, even as it's had to take on a ton of debt. Second, Las Vegas is a natural place to go now that we can get, uh, can travel again and don't need all sorts of passports to go to places with multiple PCRs. Vegas, Vegas can work. There, I like Wynn Resorts. Why? We had them on last week. They seem to know what they're doing. Third, I remember two weeks ago. Third, I like Disney. Now it's been de-risked by the alleged shortfall in Disney Plus subscribers and a conference call that made me feel like, hmm, maybe my trust should have sold. Don't get me wrong. Disney Plus is important, but it's not as important as theme parks, movies, and cruise ships going back to normal. Hey, speaking of movies, you might think AMC's run too much because it's a meme stock that's being manipulated upward by the Wall Street Bets crew. I disagree. I think AMC's up because it's safe to go back to the movies again. This is the last man standing. Oh, by the way, the Wall Street Bets people want, uh, uh, they want to prove that they can drive the stock to the 20s, and they're crazy enough to do it. Next up, the strength in fragrance. Ulta Beauty reports next week. Ah, you can play Ulta. Just a second. I think Estee Lauder is even better. We just bought more from my charitable trust. You can do that by following, find out why we did by joining the ActionAlertsPlus.com club. Again, like Wynn, Norwegian Cruise, and Disney, its stock is down. I'm giving you stocks that are down because those are the better opportunities. Finally, I want to highlight one that really got taken to the woodshed yesterday, Airbnb, which told a great story in this conference call for everything except for international, but then unleashed about 155 million shares, a huge amount. So the stock just got just got crushed yesterday. I think you have to buy some now while the offering is still settling. The smart institutions know to buy this one. And when it's down and out, many, uh, maybe because money managers actually use Airbnb, they will buy some. Now, I, I know today was hard to read. We had rallies in many Woodstocks, the high growth names beloved by Kathy Wood, the redoubtable money manager whose name is synonymous with a certain kind of incredibly overvalued stock. When I talk about the Woodstocks, I mean stocks like Palantir, Zoom Video, Unity Software, and a bunch of other uh, very expensive tech names. The uh, cybersecurity place caught fire, too. Another expensive group that tends to go up when commodity prices go down, like lumber and oil did today. This market certainly works in strange ways, doesn't it? Oh, and of course, ATT. ATT was down again. 
as their executives and board members are accusing the widows and orphans and grandmas who own the stock of being foolish short-term thinkers. Yeah, because they don't want the dividend to get resized. I wish ATT would just admit they screwed up when they bought Time Warner. Uh, but corporate America hates admitting fault. No one ever makes them except for maybe here. Bad executives cover for each other all the time. You know, they laugh all the way to the bank. That's exactly what's happening here. Now, I'm not saying the people who run AT&T are snickering at their shareholders between sips of Dom Perignon and Wellfleet oysters. I would never say that. That menu is too tasteful. If AT&T management is snickering at you, they'd be doing it over Cristal and Malpex. Trust me. But the big story today is the simple acknowledgement that many Wall Street analysts and money managers are totally out of touch with the American consumer or those who seek income like stocks like they mistakenly did from ATT. <laughs> the Wall Streeters have no idea what tens of millions of people are doing with their stimulus checks, not to mention all the money they've saved up over the last 15 months because there's been very little to spend. It on the bottom line, the baton is now being passed from the stay at home names to the travel and leisure plays. I think it's not too late to bet on the transition, especially since Wall Street's been so behind the curve when it comes to the real story. If you want to take the pulse of this market, all you have to do is go to the mall or the nearest shopping center or just Walmart and see what regular people are doing with their money. It's not that hard unless you're the kind of snob who refuses to set foot inside a Walmart. And are much the worse for it. Allen in Florida. Allen. Jimmy Chill, I have a number one seed, 76ers, booyah to you. Well, that's a correct, uh, correct appellation, but that's seven and nine and eight and ten. I don't know. I got to go back and take calculus to figure out who we're going to play. What's going on? Well, yesterday, App Harvest announced their global growth strategy. They're going to continue to build massive indoor greenhouses that utilize robotics, artificial intelligence, and proven ag tech software. But now they're also going to license out their ag tech operating system to indoor farms all over the world. App Harvest team will serve as the control center to help manage the technology for farms that would not otherwise have the required expertise. This would allow thousands of indoor farms to use the best ag tech technology. Is this new licensing model a game changer for App Harvest? Well, I think the problem is, of course, that this, this is a crowded area now. There are a lot of companies doing what they're doing. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's okay. We had one on just last night. Hi. Uh, hi, Farm. And here's my problem with it overall. I think that it's a great idea, but we need to have more states legalize and legalize now. And I don't think you're going to see a bunch until later on in the year. So I keep your powder dry. I want to go to Jeff in Texas, please, Jeff. Booyah from Texas. Booyah, Jeff. Love the enthusiasm. Sure trying. What's up? One of my largest positions is in Boeing. I have been buying on the dips with an average price of two twenty-five, but I haven't heard any news of significance lately. I I think it's going to be a bad quarter. My travel trust owns it, but I think it's going to be a bad quarter. Why? Because the execution is so terrible that who's going to buy a plane when the plane is sidelined? So Boeing has to get its. They have to get their execution down. They have to, or or the next quarter is going to be bad too. My travel trust owns it, taking a little bit of a beat down here. Going to stick with it, probably goes lower, and then goes higher. All right, the baton is now being passed from the stay-at-home names to the travel and leisure plays. And I've got to tell you, please, go to a Walmart. You will be quite surprised. The grocery aisle, by the way, is fresh as can be. Oh, man, buddy, tonight, I'm sitting down with the CEO of Raytheon after the company's investor day to find out if the company can defend your portfolio. And what does the market's 
Fear Index. Tell us about its next move. Tonight, I track down the technicals to find out what's to come. And amid the broader rally for retail stocks over the course of the past six months, one of those remarkable moves has come from Cigna Jewelers. The CEO joins me tonight, so stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. As we get ready for the world to go back to, say, near normal, the airlines have started placing some orders for new planes to handle the coming boom in travel. And that's been fabulous for all things aerospace, including Raytheon Technologies. That's that company created when United Technologies merged its aerospace and defense business with the old Raytheon a little over a year ago. Today, the company held its investor day where Raytheon issued some excellent long-term forecasts. Now they're talking about 6 to 7% compound annual revenue growth, coupled with massive margin expansion. Given the terrific guidance we got uh, when the company reported last month, I think this is an amazing story. And I'm glad the stock pulled back a bit so you can get into it. So let's take a closer look with Greg Hayes, the CEO of Raytheon Technologies, to hear his investor day pitch directly. Mr. Hayes, welcome back to Mid Money. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you, sir? I am good, Greg, and I hope you're the same. Always. I I am looking at a series of projections you made, and you either, despite the pandemic, despite all the crazy things that are going, either affirmed or raised every goal and gave us some 2025 guidance when companies are hesitant to give us 2022 guidance. Where does your conviction come from? Well, you know, Jim, it's it's pretty simple, right? We have we operate in very resilient markets. If you think about defense, we know that there will be some solid, if modest, growth for the next five years. We see what the budgets are, we see what the threat environment is, and we know we've got this backlog um, of about 150 billion dollars today that gives us confidence. The same on the commercial aerospace side. Traffic is coming back. I think yesterday we saw about 1.8 million people. Tra- across the TSA thresholds at the airports, that's about 70% of the way back. So we know people are, are going to start traveling again, and we're highly 
confident that by the end of, if not next year, the end of 23, uh, people will be back in, there, in the air. They'll be traveling again. And it should be business as usual. And then after that, I think we'll probably see the, the kind of the normal 5% growth in air traffic that we've seen for the last 60 years. So highly confident uh, because of the markets, because of the backlog, and because of the technology we can bring to bear here. Now, you were talking about uh, some substantial increases in returning capital to shareholders. Once again, is that just because this company turns out to spew a lot more cash than we thought when you put it together? No, look, we always knew that we were going to be a cash-generating machine once we got the integration of the two businesses and once we, we got down to, to work in terms of taking out structural costs. What we said today is we expect to see by 2025 about $10 billion plus of free cash flow annually. Uh, we also told investors today that we're going to return uh, $20 billion plus of capital to them in the first four years after the merger. So both of those uh, revisions upward from what we originally thought, but really just uh, demonstrates the confidence we have in, in the businesses and our ability to deliver. Well, I read a piece of research this uh, weekend from a very good firm, which pointed out that you are now the country's largest industrial and people want to own industrials. At the same time, you own two other industrials under the roof of United Technologies. You had Carrier and Otis. From what you said, you thought that if everyone were laser focused, which I know is a cliche on Wall Street, that everybody would do better. It, that is pretty much exactly what happened, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually it, it's amazing to see um, the, the value that we created by simply spinning out two very wonderful public companies in Otis and Carrier. I think if you if you look uh, today from where we were a year ago, uh, both or both of those stocks are up significantly, as is Raytheon Technologies. And again, focus unlocks value because management is not distracted. And I think, again, what, what Dave Gitlin's doing at Carrier, what Judy Marks is doing at Otis, is exactly that. They're focused on their business and their business only. They don't have to worry about what's going on across the conglomerate where they really don't have a lot, uh, a lot of input. At the same time, had you not merged with Raytheon, the core United Technologies aerospace might have been far more hostage to commercial. And you might have been like some of the other companies that we see in commercial that are, frankly, now serial underperformers. Yeah, look, it was uh, fortuitous uh, that uh, Raytheon and uh, UTC's aero businesses came together last April. Obviously, um, we had some very tough actions we had to take last year. We, we cut about $2 billion plus in costs. We did about $4 billion in cash conservations. And even with that, the two aero businesses, commercial aero businesses, were break-even at best last year. So, you know, having the, the ability and the, the heft of the combined balance sheets gave us the opportunity to continue to invest through the pandemic. So as we're coming out the other side now, uh, we don't have to rebuild. We have the team in place, we have the technology in place, and we're going to be hitting on all cylinders as the markets come back. Now let's go over this strategic investments to drive long-term growth with revenue synergy pipeline estimated over $10 billion. Talk about secure and connected ecosystem, autonomy and artificial intelligence, power and persuasion, precision sensing. These are all, I think, long-term concepts that really don't have some sort of uh, any cyclicality whatsoever. Well, look, the, the things that we make, the solutions that we offer, the technologies that we have, uh, they're not um, something that just comes off the shelf. These are highly engineered, precision engineered systems and solutions that we like to say solve some of our customers' most difficult technological problems. 
And these are 30-year franchises. You think about the, the Patriot uh, defense system, uh, 30 years old, uh, being upgraded now uh, for another 30-year run. It's probably got a 35 to $40 billion revenue runway. You've got uh, the long-range strike. You've got the next-generation interceptor. You can go on and on. Um, but these are phenomenal technologies that we can offer to our customer a solution that nobody else can. One last thing. Did I see... Uh, your work from home, you're going to let people work from 50 percent work from home. Great. I mean, you, you're not that much of a work from home guy. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. I, I think uh, my, my dog enjoys me being home a lot more than my <laughs> wife does. Um, but uh, no, look, I think that what this pandemic has shown us in, in, in all honesty is that, you know, you can be productive in varying work environments. I still think you have to be in the office occasionally. You have to build social capital. You have to build that team esprit de corps. But you don't have to have an hour commute every single day uh, to be productive. So we're going to give our people flexibility. Um, We've got 32 million square feet of office space across the enterprise today. Our goal is to get rid of about 25% of that to allow uh, people to come to work when they need to. Um, But if you don't need to be at work, if you can work remotely and work efficiently, that's just fine, too. So we're going to give people flexibility, and that's going to help a lot in terms of retention as well. As I think about the goals that we have around diversity and trying to keep young women in the workforce, this type of flexibility is absolutely essential. Well, you know what? You're the first person who has just laid it out like that. And I think that that's really important because I want people to feel like they don't need to be slaves to the office because maybe they're not going to be as productive in that car two hours a day. Not doing anything for you. Anyway, congratulations on a successful investment day. And for all the changes that you made, which really did pan out better than you even anticipated. Thank you so much, Greg Hayes. Thank you, Jim. Yep, CEO of Raytheon Technologies, RTX, largest industrial. And take a look on a day like today. Even with a great analyst, it held, it held in, even though all the industrials went down. This is the kind of stock you want. Stay with Kramer. Coming up, join us off the charts and send fear running for cover. Kramer walks through the Valley of the VIX next. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. After last week's roller coaster action, we need to get a better sense of where this market might be headed. That means taking our emotions off the table, consulting the technicals, which is why tonight we're doing a special off the charts with the help of Mark Sebastian. Now, he's a brilliant technician who's the founder of OptionPit.com, as well as being my colleague where I blog at RealMoney.com. Mark's our resident volatility expert, and right now he thinks we could be looking at potentially a meaningful sell-off at some point in the next two to six weeks. Why? Well, it's all about the CBOE volatility index, or the VIX for short, which we know is the fear gauge. Take a look at the pair of charts. This is going to be a little analytic here, but that's 
sorry, bear with me, S&P 500 versus the volatility index. Okay. In a healthy market, these two things tend to move in opposite directions. That makes sense, right? When the S&P goes up, healthy market, right? The VIX is supposed to go down, less fear. And when the S&P goes down, the VIX is supposed to go up, more fear. Anytime that relationship falls apart, it tells you there's something suspect, something lurking about the market's recent trajectory. Now, for the first three and a half months of the year, the VIX behaved rather normally. We had the roaring stock market, okay, S&P going up, and we had the volatility index uh, slowly and steadily working its way lower. All makes sense. While there were a couple of hiccups, Sebastian says the general trajectory looked pretty good. I like that. But then look what happened since mid-April when the VIX bottomed at 16.25. Now, here's a problem, right? VIX bottoms at 16.25, looking pretty good, right? Uh, Sebastian points out we're now looking at a very different trend. So the S&P hit new all-time highs earlier this month. It's now offensively flat over the last month. Smooth that out, okay? Meanwhile, the volatility index has moved up more than five points at the same period of time. So you see the blue line and the flat line, okay? Flat market, rising volatility. That's the current pattern, and for Sebastian, it's not a good sign. A flat market with a rising VIX is exactly what you see at the beginning of what's known as a volatility swell. Let's get these terms up. There are two kinds of situations where the VIX moves higher. First, you've got the garden variety volatility spike where the market drops, the VIX pops, and then we quickly recover. Signal buying opportunity. Then there's a volatility swell. According to Sebastian, this is when the VIX rises for an extended period of time, usually two to six weeks, and the market has a genuine correction. That's not a fun experience. You want an example? All right, check out the ex- action in the September and the S&P 500 in the VIX from last August through last November. All right. Now, uh, that's what we had the last volatility swell starting in mid-August. Here we go. Starting in mid-August. The S&P up here began to rally alongside the, remember, alongside the S&P. Remember, when they both go up at the same time, that tells you the rally is in jeopardy. So this goes up, this goes up. Sure enough, the S&P fell off a cliff. This shouldn't be going up. And the VIX exploded higher. Off a cliff, up higher. After that initial beatdown, we had a series of wild moves until some positive vaccine news in early November gave the market a new lease of life. Okay, so we go up there. But things got really ugly last September and October, so now let's shoot back to this. Unfortunately, the action we're seeing right now reminds Sebastian of what happened early in the volatility swell last August. He thinks a less extreme version, even as the pattern remains the same. Now, look at what's happened over the last month and a half when the S&P rallied from mid-April through the beginning of May. The VIX also moved up from 16.25 to 18.25. Rally. Hmm. Very bad sign, right? S&P going up. Fear gauge rise in tandem. We're getting used to it, right? That's not good. We then got a big VIX spike, okay, uh, when the market rolled over. That makes sense. Uh, And the volatility index has remained pretty elevated since then, including another big jump to 21 at the end of today's trading session. Put it all together, and Sebastian doesn't think we'll precisely repeat what happened from from late last October through late uh, uh, last October. I'm sorry through late last October, from last August to late last October. But given the, the action in the volatility index, he's betting the meltdown that began on May 10th might not be over. Okay, so now we're talking about this one. This may not be over. In fact, when all is said and done, Sebastian expects the market will test last week's low. Okay, so we can get that. Expect that to go down to here. 
That said, he's also betting that the carnage will be over by July. And it's all then, though, the bottom line is that the charts, as interpreted by Mark Sebastian, suggest that the next month and a half could be a pretty rough uh, time for the stock market. You may think we're out of the woods, but the fear gauge says otherwise. Definitely something to keep an eye on, although I have to tell you, I expect the days going into Memorial Day to be seasonally strong and make, make some money on the long side then. David in Arizona. David. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Quite welcome. Um, the stock I would like your perspective on today is Unity Software, ticker symbol U. Uh, Unity reported last week and beat on their earnings and guided revenue growth higher for the year. However, it appears that there is a sector rotation out of tech and growth stocks. Unity has fallen significantly from its 52-week high of around $175 a share and been trading in the high 70s and $80 range recently. Should I add Unity to my portfolio Okay, Unity now? is what I call a Woodstock, and Kathy Wood name. She's been buying it very aggressively. Her uh, ETF the last two days has been very strong, uh, believe it or not. But this crazy market might uh, allow that company to do well because Kathy's buying it. I know that seems strange. The quarter was very good. It's just that the market, as you quite said, quite, rap- quite correctly said, doesn't like these kinds of stocks. But that said, it's got the Wood blessing for a couple of days, probably goes higher. Buckle up. Today, tonight's chartist thinks we could be in for a little bit of trouble. He says the market could test no, new lows, but that the carnage will likely be over by July. Now, much more mad money ahead. Could diamonds be an investor's best friend? I'm sitting down with the CEO of Signet to find out. Plus, with the accounting noise behind it, is it worth considering plug power? I'm talking with the CEO after today's move higher. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Even in a great market for retailers, some companies stand out. Companies like Signet Jewelers, that's the world's largest retailer of diamond jewelry. You know them as K Jewelers, Zales, Jared, Pearson Pagoda. They're big in London. They're big in Canada. After spending years in the doghouse, Signet finally got its house in order and started turning around about a year and a half ago. Then COVID hit, and the stock pulled all the way back to five bucks and changed at the lows. Since then, it's had an incredible run, surging more than tenfold to $62 and change. When Signet held its investor day last month, the company pre-announced some spectacular for the first quarter. Management also raised their full-year forecast. This is a company that's firing on all cylinders, even as its stock pulled back 4% today. But it was like five, no apparent reason. Tonight, we learned Sigurd's next step. This company's expanding its third-party credit programs with Alliance Data Systems, Genesis Financial Solutions, also to go with a buy-now-pay-later champion of firm that we owned last week. So could this thing have more upside? Let's check in with Trina Drosos. She's the bankable CEO of Signatures. Get a better sense of where her company's headed. Ms. Drosos, welcome back to Mad Money. Great to be here, Jim. Thank you. All right, well, Jim, first, tremendous success with Path to Brilliance. Now we're in inspiring brilliance. When I think of inspiring brilliance, I have to tell you, I am more impressed of all the things than your, with your omni-channel digital program, which for jewelry I didn't even think could exist. And I want you to tell our viewers how you came up with this, because, boy, was it a savior, and it is really, really kicking butt now, even though the pandemic's winding down. Well, it has gone really well for us, Jim. Before we started the Path to Brilliance transformation, we had only about 5% of our sales in e-commerce. We were behind the jewelry category average at about 15%. And we said we would triple and get at least to the category average uh, through our transformation. We actually did better than that. We got over 20%, even with all stores open in the back half of last year, so quadrupling. 
And really, uh, big credit to our team. We, uh, we cracked the code on what it takes um, to help customers feel comfortable buying jewelry online, which is consultation, getting expert advice. We now have over 700 virtual sellers who are dedicated to doing that online chat, uh, great technology supporting it. And we also have visualization, virtual try-on, uh, you know, pictures of our jewelry on people. So, uh, so customers can tell what they're getting. And I think it's made a big difference. The other thing, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll deal with these retailers. They'll say, why don't you come up with a company side division where you let people wear the stuff and then they can bring it back, whatever, like rent the runway. I mean, these companies that then turn out to be worth billions of dollars. This I love this that we haven't talked together since this rock box. I think this sounds like a great idea. Yeah, thanks. Um, I really believe that we can be a leader in this circular economy. More and more customers, especially Gen Z customers who are right at that uh, self-expression age, leading toward uh, marriage age, so interested ultimately in an engagement ring. They're very interested in recycling and sustainability. And Signet has long been a leader in responsible sourcing, but the acquisition of Roxbox gives us another way to really reinforce that message. Well, that reminds me, at the beginning of your call, you talked about India. Are you guys okay there? And what are you doing to help the people who are uh, people who work with you in India? Well, we're very concerned about our partners there and the safety and health of all of the people who work in those companies, um, just as we've been very concerned from the beginning. Our number one priority um, for all of our Signet employees has been their health and safety. We've been partnering with our vendors, getting our orders in earlier, helping them with planning, things that allow them to be more flexible in how they're planning their production cycles, which then allows them to make sure that they're keeping their people safe uh, with social distancing and things like that. All right, good. Now, I want to go back to the data analytics that people need to, to re- so that people know uh, that you are not just selling jewelry. You're matching what people might want. Data-driven, data analytics, Amazon Web Services, Accenture, uh, using digital, uh, digital advertising, cutting the budget of TV in half. All these things are happening in real time right now. What are they doing for you? Well, it's really made us a much more modern company. When I think back three years and and how different we are today, I'd say there are three key differences. One is our culture. We really have embraced the idea of an agile and efficient culture, so evolving and continuing to improve things in real time. And we're unified by our purpose, which is to inspire love. And what greater purpose could there be than that? We're also much more data-driven in every part of our business. One example is inventory. We've improved our working capital uh, significantly. And in fact, we ended last fiscal year with $1.2 billion in cash, which has given us flexibility to invest, uh, which has been just really fantastic. And the third is what you said, Jim. It's our digital capabilities. And it really is touching every part of our business, from how we communicate with our customers, how we provide them the right content to help them in their decision-making at the right time. So our, our marketing mix, for sure. But, uh, but it really also has been and creating a great experience for them seamlessly between stores and online. One last question. I know when we first met, I was very concerned, and you said you'd allay my fears, about the way that credit was offered by Signet, that Signet was too much of a bank, not enough of a jeweler. You did announce a, a multi-year renewal agreement with Alliance Data. You're also working with the firm. A lot of people like buy now, pay later. How do you feel about where the company is just in terms of making so that people can get jewelry at an inexpensive price, and you're a jeweler, and they are people shopping? for jewelry. 
Well, we've evolved substantially and always with a customer-first mindset. We offer a variety of tools to help customers um, finance jewelry, pay for jewelry, however they want to, whatever is right for them. We do have a firm. That's a very modern option, very popular among millennial and Gen Z customers. In fact, 60% of the customers who choose that split pay option, which can be three, six, or 12 months, are in that age group. We also announced today the extension and broadening of our strategic partnership with ADS and Genesis for our private label credit card. What this does is really make all of our financing available across all of our different banners. So it's no longer different between Zales and K, and also it makes everything available online. It's also really good for investors too, Jim, because extending the strategic partnership gives us stability. And we right. did it very cost effectively. Yeah, because we want to focus on all the great things you're doing to please customers. And now we don't have to worry about this. And that's perfect because it's working for you and working for shareholders. Jim Drozos, congratulations on everything you said you would do and then did and then some. CEO of Signatures, great work. Good to have you. Thank you so much. Unsung and inexpensive. That's Jim Drozos and that's Signatures. Mad Money's back in the break. Just chill out. Is this Chill Master Jay? The Chill Man is in the house. He's happy. The lightning round is coming up when Mad Money returns. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski down to the lightning round. Because we're with Rob in watching Rob. Yeah, booyah, Jim. Booyah, Rob. Number five from the Okanagan Highlands. Excellent. Hey, this evening I'd like to go ahead and get your input on a company I've been watching. Took a short uh, stake in them, and uh, I'd like to see about Harvard Bioscience. Harvard Bioscience had a they had a good quarter, and it's better than expected. And it's not a a very you know it's a very low uh, capitalization stock, only two hundred ninety-two billion. I think it's a decent spec. Let's put it that way. Let's go to Craig in Kansas. Craig. Yeah. Uh, thank you for taking my call, Jim. I'm interested in One Oak, uh, OKE, and I'm interested in you if you would think it's worth buying. I happen to like One Oak. It's one of those that still almost yields about 7%. They are just very conservative company. They've done a very good job. The whole uh, whole complex of pipelines is moving up. Why? Because I don't think that anyone will be allowed to build new pipelines with the new president. So I think you've got a good one there, if not a great one. Ethan in California. Ethan. Hey, Jim, how are you? I am good. How about you? I'm fantastic, man. I'm so excited to be on here. I'm a first-time caller. Excellent. So I've recently been buying uh, Ammo Incorporated, the ticker is POW. This stock kind of piqued my interest because uh, they just recently uh, merged with GunBroker.com. Right. Any thoughts? You know, I've got to study this one because the ones that I've been looking at that are, uh, that are bullet-oriented have been pretty good stocks. Uh, I like to hunt, so I mean, like, I'm looking at this stuff. Uh, let me come back on that one, though, because that one I'm not familiar with, and I don't want to opine because maybe who knows with some of these. Got to really stay close to them. How about Samir in California? Samir. Hi, Jim. Hi. And thank you so much for your show. I've been watching it since 2006. Oh, uh, you're terrific. Money. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, my question to you about is Riot Blockchain, uh, ticker symbol RIOT. Well, Riot Blockchain is just a proxy, frankly, for Bitcoin. Uh, MicroStrategy is kind of similar. If you think Bitcoin's going up, you buy Riot Blockchain. If you don't, then you, you sell Riot Blockchain. I wish there was more to it than that. I have to tell you, because they were currencies, I bought them. I've sold almost all of them. 
except for my cost basis. So from what it, you know, if you had my, I remember I bought them as a currency, I can't own stocks. Uh, you would see that I decided to take the money and run by a, a super duty for my wife and a farm. Not so bad. Let's go to Katie in New York. Katie. Hi, Jim. Hi, Katie. I would like to thank you for your help all these years. Oh, uh, you're terrific. Thank you. I now would like to please know a little bit about Viacom. Hold okay, it okay. well, people think Viacom them. because of what's happening with ATT and uh, Discovery. They feel like something has to happen with Viacom. This is time-honored. All these media people, they just like to chatter so much. It revolts me. I got to tell you, here's what's going to happen with Viacom. And you're just going to struggle. And, and you're, they got you need another Archegos. We need another darn stupid fund manager who's considered to be brilliant by really rich people because he's rich who can fool a lot of people to take the stock up to 90 and then get clobbered. And I don't know how many others left, uh, at least for the next couple of days. Let's go to Keith in Texas. Keith. Wow. Hey, Jimmy Tills. Uh, thanks so much for taking my call. That's my almost five-year-old Dylan. He watches with me every day. I like that hey, kid. Biden He's got horse sense. Hey, with, with Biden in the White House, I was wondering how you, uh, what you think about Montrose Environmental Group. Hey. The, landfill, the landfill business has gotten to be a great business again. And I tell you, this is a little speculative name, but I have to say I like the waste business. So I think you're going to do okay. And I like the five-year-old. The kid stays in the picture. Let's go to Mike in New York. Mike. Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Yo, Chill Man here. What's up? I got a stock for you. It's a gaming accessories company. Trades about 10 times earnings, improved guidance for this year, and engages with their customers better than most companies. The stock ticker is here. The company is Turtle Beach Corp. Wanted to get your oh, thoughts. Everybody loves Turtle Beach, but I got to tell you, uh, I am so convinced that Logitech is going to do better than, than Turtle Beach that I am not walking away from L-O-G-I. And that, of course, is Bracken Dow. He comes on the show. He does a great job. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, addressing serious investor concerns, can this company power their way to a clean future? Plug Power joins Kramer next. Is it finally safe to speculate on the hydrogen fuel cell stocks again? Oh, they've been pummeled. Take Plug Power, which makes fuel cells for forklifts, among other ways to uh, other vehicles, including stationary power. After a very bullish interview last summer, we turned positive on this stock for the first time in years. At the time, it was nine bucks. Then the whole cohort caught fire. Plug Power finished the year at $34 before surging to 75 as part of the speculative mania in late January. Since then, though, Plug Power has plunged back to earth, falling all the way to $27 as of today. Some of that's because Wall Street turned against all the high-flying speculative names. Some of it's also because Plug Power had some accounting issues that delayed the annual report and forced statements for the past few years of results. Now, you know my rule. Accounting irregularities equal sell. I figured this wouldn't be much of a problem because of its non-cash issue, but it also told you to wait until the coast was clear before circling back. Finally, on Friday, the company restated its results and filed its annual report with only minimal changes. Since then, the stocks rebounded 23%, including a monster 8% run today. So is it time to circle back to this one, or do they already just had the big move as a relief rally? Let's dig deeper with Andy Marsh, the president and CEO of Plug Power, to find out more about what's going on here. Mr. Marsh, welcome back to Mad Money. Well, thank you for having me, Jim. Okay, so Andy, you know my rules, and I've communicated them to you both privately and publicly. Accounting irregularities equal sell. Why is this accounting irregularity something that we should not be worried about going forward? 
Well, Jim, I think for first, uh, like you, I've taken this accounting irregularity serious. With that being said, the future of this company is extremely bright. The company's going to achieve $475 million in revenue this year. But we're doing that with people like Amazon, Walmart, uh, our JV with Renault, which will get closed by the end of the second quarter, our activities with SK, the second largest conglomerate in South Korea, which invested $1.6 billion in plug power. Now, the future's quite bright, Jim, and that's what I think uh, separates plug power. I take what happened serious, but I understand that uh, the company continues to move forward and nothing has changed over these expectations we've had for the company today and tomorrow. But there was an audit issue. The uh, auditor from KPMG did not, new order, did not approve of what KPMG previously had approved. So how did you uh, get that aligned with KPMG and the SEC that so, so that there was no cash outlay? It was not like your cash diminished. And you're able to, be, to file in what I think was a pretty short period of time, having known what these things are like. Well, Jim, when we worked with the auditors, we made sure we worked closely to make sure all the issues were identified. Our accounting team worked with them. We're strengthening our accounting team so they can never happen again. And uh, we kept close touch with the SEC to make sure they were aware of what we were working on. All right. Now, uh, just, I got to point this one out. March 28th, Wall Street Journal talks about how you had three years of sales with Amazon and essentially gave away all your product and had the equivalent of negative sales, less than zero. Correct analysis of what occurred? Well, Jim, I think you have to look at, uh, uh, ironically, if the stock price would have stayed down, we wouldn't have had, it, had the huge Amazon warrant write-offs. It's been our success. And the warrants were a zero cash issue and on a gross billings issue, gross billings for 2020, we achieved over $235 million. And by clearing the Amazon warrants out, our income statements become much easier to read in the future, okay. including 2021, the first quarter. Very good. Now, you were supposed to be in South Korea today. Is there anything wrong with South Korea? <laughs> uh, Jim, uh, uh, my COVID test uh, uh, was was not accepted at the airport, so uh, I had a delay. So I've been on the so I've been working the phones with South Korea over the last few days. Gotcha. I plan to go there in the new okay. near future. Uh, federal loan guarantee, big for you. Federal loan guarantee will be very helpful in building out our green hydrogen plants. We'll have two operating by the end of 2022, and we've identified three locations. And the federal loan guarantee will help us uh, grow more rapidly and even build more plants. There were no deal possibility that you could have up to 20 percent of this uh, market for smaller vehicles in Europe. I think uh, the number you have is low, Jim. Uh, Renault is saying 30 percent. All right. Well, that is very aggressive. But let's hope you get that. Repl- uh, replace diesel generators standalone prospects. We're 400 megawatts by 2025 with SK in South Korea. Uh, lots going on here in the state with data centers. Uh, size of this Niagara Falls plant? 45 tons a day. Uh, Jim, that's the equivalent to 90,000 gallons of gasoline. It'll be the largest green hydrogen plant in the world. 10 prospects, 10 new customers rather soon? 10 new customers rather soon. 
I expect you'll be hearing more announcements during the year. With the uh, Department of Energy and Biden's help, possibility of subsidies that would make it so that you are cheaper than gasoline. Oh, you know, there's the Heinrich bill that's in for New Mexico, $3 kilogram credit, which is equivalent to two gallons of gasoline for green hydrogen. Similar activities built by Carper, markups in ways and means, Biden build back better, all support green hydrogen. All right, Andy. Look, I'm glad you came on. A gentleman does come on like you did. You got that solved. And then I gave all the good things that are happening because you know how much I believe in green hydrogen. And you are the king of green hydrogen in this country. (laughs) Andy Marsh, Plug Power President and CEO. Thank you for coming on Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Good to see you. All right. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. And I promise try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.